Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Christian Skeptic. I'm your host, Sean Kerwin, and as always, it's my mission to take an honest look at our questions about Christianity through the lens of logic and reason. I'm not here to preach at you, just to start a conversation with you. I hope you enjoy the show. So let me run the scenario by you. You are in your 20s and you have met someone and you've begun a dating relationship with them and the dating relationship's going really, really well. You are clicking, you have chemistry, you're getting along and you think, I kind of want to take the next step with this person. What is the next step? Well, for many, the next step is moving in together, right? It's, it's the scene on the television where the boyfriend hands the girlfriend the key to his apartment or his house and says, I want to get serious with you. I want to take the next step. Let's move in together. And why would you do that? Well, the common wisdom is you got to try things out before you get married, right? After all, you've been dating this person for maybe a year or a matter of months or a matter of years. But you don't know all their flaws yet because you haven't lived with them. You haven't seen them in the morning. You haven't seen them before bed. So how do you know if they're really the right person to marry unless you've first lived with them for a little while, right? I mean, you wouldn't buy a car without test driving at first. You don't buy a house without first going to an open house or doing a walk around, doing some inspections. And those are just cars and houses. Getting married to someone is such a bigger decision than either of those things. So why wouldn't you test out the relationship a little bit by living together? Well, maybe if you've been raised in a Christian home, you've heard that living together is a sin. Is it? I don't know. Let's look at that in this episode. And maybe parents or other family members wouldn't necessarily approve of it, but let's be honest, they're a little more old-fashioned, right? I mean, after all, statistically, more millennials are cohabitating, which cohabitating is the term that psychologists and researchers and people that write papers use to describe the idea of living with someone that you are dating or engaged with uh, but not married to. And, you know, as I just mentioned, more, more millennials are cohabitating than are married. And it's because of examples like the one I just gave where it makes more sense, right? You got to know if someone's really compatible with you before you get married because after all, that's a huge and supposed lifelong decision, right? Obviously, half of marriages end in divorce, but the vows you make, they say, till death do us part. You are promising something for the rest of your life. So before you make that promise, doesn't it make sense to make the test drive? Doesn't it make sense to kind of test it out and see if the relationship is good enough to hold up to living together? Because once you're married, that's what you're doing. There ain't no moving out, right? Unless, of course, you get divorced. But no one wants that. Psychologists say that going through a divorce is as psychologically traumatic as being abused is, or going to war is even, in some cases. And, I mean, let's be real, if you've ever seen a messy divorce, sometimes it is like going to war. But after all, this is a Christian podcast, so let's get to the obvious burning question first and foremost, and that is, is it a sin to live with someone that you are dating or in a romantic relationship, dating, engaged, otherwise, anything but marriage, is it a sin to live with this person that you are not married to and you are in a romantic relationship with? The answer may shock you because the answer is no. It is not a sin to live with someone you are dating. It is not a sin to live with someone you are engaged to. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening. This uh, ends our show. Just kidding. Let's actually dive into this a little bit more because it is also extremely, extremely unwise, not only by biblical standards, which I'll get into why the Bible says it's unwise, but I've been actually reading and researching a lot of secular psychology papers written by multiple people with multiple degrees and PhDs and a lot of research and data that shows that one of the most unwise decisions you can ever make in your life is to move in with a boyfriend, girlfriend, or fiance before marriage. So let's, first of all, talk about the biblical aspect of it, because I did kind of just drop a bomb. It's not a sin to live with someone. As a matter of fact, the only romantic sin you can commit before marriage is fornication, and that's having sex with someone who is not your spouse. And that means having sex with someone who is your fiance is a sin because they are not yet your spouse. And the Bible lays that out, actually. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul writes, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn control of your own body in a manner that is pleasing to God. And that, and that verse really spells it out, but there are multiple other verses in the Bible where it says fornication, which fornication is defined as sex with someone who is not your spouse before you are married. Adultery is defined as sex with someone who is not your spouse while you are married. So that's cheating, right? Fornication isn't necessarily cheating, but it is cheating yourself, actually. And that's why the Bible says it's a sin, is because in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, to flee sexual immorality because every other sin that a man commits is outside of the body. But sexual sin is a sin that a man commits against his own body. And we don't have to get into this in too much detail in this podcast, and maybe we can in another episode, but when you commit sexual immorality, yes, you are sinning against the person that you're having sex with outside of marriage, but you're also robbing from yourself. You're robbing from your future self. There is psychological statistical data that says that people who commit fornication, having sex with someone that they're dating before they're married, are far, far more likely, about 70% in both of these cases, about 70% more likely to have anxiety, depression, to have loneliness, and to go through life with a feeling of discontentment. And so, okay, we're talking about sex outside of marriage, but what does that have to do with living together? Well, when you're living together, it's hard to resist sexual temptation. And that's really what it comes down to. Number one is guarding yourself against the temptation. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. The Bible has a lot to say about beware if you think you can stand. If you say, no, 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 we can live together and not have sex. The Bible says beware of that kind of thought lest you fall. The Bible also has a lot to say about not leading yourself into temptation, not setting yourself up for failure. Because no temptation, uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Um, but when you're tempted, he'll provide a way out so you can endure it, unless you're the one constantly throwing yourself back into that temptation. And if you're living with a significant other who's not a spouse, you're literally living within the temptation there. Second reason is because the Bible says that those who believe in God should let their good works shine before men so that the world can see that and glorify our Father in heaven. And while it's true you shouldn't entirely worry about what people think of you and you shouldn't live your life in the fear of constant judgment of others, there is a 
to use biblical language, stumbling block that you can set up for others in that when you're living with someone you're not married to, most people will assume you're sleeping together. It's just a fact of life. And maybe you aren't. And if you aren't, congratulations, you're probably a small minority of people that live together and don't have premarital sex, fornication. But you're not showing the world anything by living together. The world will assume you're normal. The world will assume that you're living together and sleeping together. And biblically speaking, if you call yourself a Christian in any way, shape, or form, and you're living with someone you're not married to, you are destroying what the Bible calls your witness, which, again, is that thing, that characteristic about you where the world looks at you and says something is different about this person, something is unique, this person's not normal, they're weird, they're overly joyous, their life looks so much better and I can't figure out why, and then they ask you and then you have a reason for the hope that's in you. But you destroy your witness by living with someone you're not married to. So to sum up what the Bible says, and we'll jump into some psychology and some data and why this is a bad idea otherwise, but to sum up what the Bible says, no, it's not a sin to simply live with someone you're dating. The sin is having sex outside of marriage. It is unwise biblically because you're setting yourself up for temptation. You are destroying any Christian witness you could possibly try and have. And number three, you're being incredibly selfish. Because even if you do say, we can live together and I can withstand this temptation, you don't know that your significant other can. And you're also setting them up for psychological failure, as we will see with some of the statistics I'll get into here in a second. But it is. It's an incredibly selfish move. If you truly want what is best for your significant other, you will want what makes them the best version of themselves they can possibly be in a year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. If you truly, truly love someone, and this goes for married or unmarried, you will look at that person and you will say, how can I help you become the best and the happiest, the most content, the most fulfilled, the most gracious looking person you can possibly be? What, what actions can I take to lead you in that direction? Spoiler alert, they are not the selfish actions. They are the selfless actions, the actions that put that person and that person's needs, not their wants, their needs, above your wants. Put the other person, especially your significant other, put your significant other's needs above your wants, and you'll find they don't need to move in with you. And how will you find that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's jump into some secular research here, and uh, we can kind of see that sound Christian, maybe even grandma's wisdom of don't move in before you're married actually makes a ton of freaking sense. Now, I will say, I've looked up a lot of articles on this, and I... Uh, looked them up from an unbiased point of reference. And of the about a dozen or so articles I have up in front of me on my computer right now, there was one, actually, that suggested that cohabitation didn't actually change divorce statistics. So I didn't find anything that said cohabitation makes divorce statistics better or improved. In, in other words, if you go along with conventional wisdom and say, well, I don't know if we should get married, so let's move in together and test it out, uh, the conventional wisdom would say, well, if you move in together, you test it out, you both still can live with each other, um, and you decide to move forward and get married, uh, the conventional wisdom would say, well, then you're way less likely to get divorced, right? Well, there's actually nothing. There are no statistics. There's no data. There's no evidence I found that says if you move in together, and, and I did do a lot of research, um, but don't just take my word for it. Do your own research. But there's nothing I found that says if you move in together, it lowers your risk of divorce. There is one article I found, 
And then I found another article talking about this article, actually debunking it. But there's one article I found that says, if you move in together, it doesn't change your risk for divorce. So, you know, 50% of marriages don't work in this country anyway, right? There's one article that said, well, uh, we didn't find cohabitation to ruin this. And then I, you know, scroll a little bit further on Google and I uh, find an article talking about this article saying that this article used uh, inconclusive data and uh, that basically said that their data um, didn't span enough different types of couples and um, enough different age ranges and criteria. And But hey, I'll be honest, I found it out there. Uh, there was one article that says it doesn't change statistics. Most everything else I found, though, says that it increases the rate of divorce. There, uh, and, and again, the, the range of percentage uh, varies. There was the one article that says it doesn't change the likelihood you are to get divorced. There are articles that say you're two, three, four, even 10 times more likely to get divorced uh, if you live together before marriage and do your testing of the water thing. One of the best studies I saw as far as the diversity and range of data was the experience of cohabitating changes things. Uh, it was an article. That's the title of it. It's an older article. It was actually from 1997, but it was one of the most conclusive and diverse studies that we have on cohabitation. But it showed that cohabitation changes attitudes about marriage and divorce. And so this study was actually really telling, but it says it lowers the esteem for marriage and increases the acceptance of divorce. So in other words, the moving in together before marriage uh, provides an out to marriage. It says, if this relationship doesn't work, I can always get out by just moving out and there's no messy divorce. Uh, well, it turns out actually, if you have that mentality before you get married and then you get married, your mentality doesn't change that much. And that's what this study showed. The doctors doing the study, their names were Rosenfeld and Rossler. They include a lot of their theory, but then they back it with actual experience of people that they've studied. And what they found was that their theory of inertia uh, which is what I just described, is that you're already moving with this mentality and it's not like you suddenly course correct because marriage is meant to be this thing where you, in a similar sense to Cortez, and this is the only way I want to compare marriage to Cortez, but when Cortez landed in the New World, he burned the ships, right, to say that there is no turning back, we are here, we are here to settle. I'm not saying anything good about Cortez, but it's marriage is meant to be that mentality where it's a, we're burning the ships and there is no turning back. And what the research finds is that when you cohabitate, you don't have that mentality because you always have an out. You always say, we can break up. We're just renting this place or I own this house and she's moving in or I own this house and he's moving in. And at any point we can break up and I can kick this person out. Or at any point we can break up and they can go sign a different lease. And that's completely true. You're not married. You're not bound by any vow to each other. Well, the research shows that when you get married after living like that, you don't course correct. You don't burn the ships. The ship is always there in the back of your mind. You can always go back. There are a few other studies that I looked at that actually kind of lined up with a similar story as well. Um, there's the Hewitt et al. study, the Stanley and Markman study, the Baxter and Gray study, and a more recent uh, Robin Parker study, which was completed in Australia. Uh, what they are showing is that an advantage to waiting until marriage to move in together over just cohabitating before marriage is actually especially prominent for women. So basically what they found was that 
cohabitating placed more of a burden on a woman than waiting until marriage to move in together. Since stereotypically, women are known to do more of the housework, and the thinking is that women would go from taking care of their own places to having to do the housework and other domestic stuff, chores, errands, in the two-person apartment or house, that that places an extra burden because it comes with no benefit of the financial and emotional security that comes with marriage. There's also a lot of evidence, according to Nancy Wartick of Psychology Today, that indicates that women end up having less control over the relationship and over the progress of the relationship because statistically more women are okay cohabitating or moving in with their boyfriends because they think it's just another step on the road to marriage. They may even see the supposed financial benefit, even though there isn't actually a good financial benefit, but they may even think that there's a supposed financial benefit of moving in together, that you're saving on rent, you're enjoying one another's company more, you're saving on bills, you're already spending enough time together as boyfriend and girlfriend, might as well move in and save some money, right? And that's kind of the mindset that statistically more women fall into when getting married. Statistically, though, more men move in with their partner because they're not as on board with getting married. So what we're actually doing here then is where the Bible says in marriage to submit to one another, that marriage is meant to be this relationship where you both are in control of it equally as partners and you're both working towards this common goal. What cohabitating does is it separates that statistically anyway. This isn't true for every single case. I'm painting with a broad brush here, but statistically what it does is it puts all of the relational power in the man's um, world of the relationship and takes Rob's power away from the woman. And that's not what a marriage is meant to be. And so if we're following this inertial theory then, a lot of the data is actually showing that people who cohabitate before marriage and then get married end up with a much poorer satisfaction in the relationship moving into marriage. So statistically then, if you cohabitate before you get married, number one, you're at least twice as likely to get divorced. Depending on what study you go with, you might be three, four, or five times as likely to get divorced. And statistically, you're more likely to have a less satisfying marriage than someone who does not live with their significant other before getting married. And again, that's just because statistically, most men move into a cohabitating relationship because they want that way out. They want that ability to end the relationship at any time and try someone else out. And again, this is just a general statistic. I'm not calling out any relationship in particular here. It may be the other way around in a relationship. It may be that the man is moving in because he thinks that moving in together is the logical next step towards marriage, and the woman kind of wants to keep her options open. So they're just moving in together, cohabitating, and she always has that out. Either way, cohabitating, from most psychology studies, seems to go against the fundamental characteristic of how the Bible describes marriage. Again, marriage being the partnership, that there is an equality between man and woman in marriage. What cohabitating does is it creates an inequality. It divides. It makes one partner more powerful in the relationship, as it were, and one partner less powerful, as it were. And I just dropped a bomb a second ago on finances, saying that it's actually a very, very bad financial move to cohabitate with someone you're not married to. And why is that? Well, number one, it can get messy. 
especially the worst thing you can do is buy a house with someone you're not married to. If both of your names are on that title deed and something happens, you know, God forbid, a tragedy happens and your significant other passes away, you now own a house with their mother. Just let that sink in. And they don't have to keep that house. They can sell it and force you out. So it's kind of a stupid move financially, just on a practical level. But then number two, if you're buying things for someone and you're paying for a lot or, gosh, you're paying the bills for someone else and you break up, that's going to be really messy. And statistically, there was a study done for couples that cohabitate for less than six years. And I don't know why it was six years. I was actually trying to find this in the study and I couldn't. But for whatever reason, they picked six years as the mark. If they cohabitate for less than six years and then break up, what does their level of happiness look like in life? And they found that they were actually less happy than people who were single. So in other words, it's a far less stressful move to just stay single and never get in a relationship at all than it is to move in with someone you're dating. But obviously, being in a relationship with someone can lead to incredible levels of happiness, especially if you don't live together. So I, I've kind of thrown it out a few different times in this episode that, oh, you know, half of divorce or half of marriages in this country end in divorce. Did you know that couples who did not live together before marriage have a 10.2% chance of getting divorced? Yeah. That means you have almost a 90% chance of never getting a divorce. Actually, crazy, crazy statistic here. Did you know that couples who not only did not live together before marriage, but also who attend church and pray together on a regular basis have a 0.8% chance of divorce? Guys, I think we just solved the, the divorce and marriage crisis in this country, statistically anyway. I'm not, I'm not even quoting the Bible here. I'm not even pushing something. I don't care if it's a Christian church because this, this would be true for Muslims too, right? This, this would be true for, for people of Jewish faith, right? This would be true for Mormons and people in cults like that, right? If you don't live together before marriage and if you attend church on a somewhat regular basis and you spend time talking about spiritual things and praying with your significant other, you have a 99% chance that you will never get a divorce. Guys, what are we doing? <laughs> Come on, the, the, the wisdom that our culture is teaching us is screwed up and backwards and upside down. And it may feel good in the moment. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not talking down on you. I, if you are living with a significant other, a boyfriend, girlfriend, I, I don't, I'm not judging you. I'm sad for you. Look, look, I have friends that I am thinking of right now. And I love them dearly, dearly, dearly. I think that they're some of the best people in the world, people that I talk and text every single day. I don't look down on them because they live with their boyfriend or girlfriend, but I'm like, man, I want you to have a good life. I want you to have a good marriage. I want you to succeed. I want you to win in life. But often the choices we think feel good or feel less scary, right? Because it's scary. I did it. It's scary to marry someone you've never lived with before. And we're scared to make those choices. We're scared to make those commitments. But psychologically speaking, statistically speaking, and even biblically speaking, even though, again, go back and listen to this episode. The Bible was one of the things I referenced the least in this episode. Sometimes we got to go against the wisdom of the world to win. But I don't know. Let me know what you think. Are you cohabitating with someone? What's your experience been like? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Has it been stressful? Has it been stress-free? Do you feel like your relationship's awesome or your relationship's maybe headed towards an end? 
I don't know. Let me know. But either way, as always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed the show. 